Thank you for tuning in to the Reimagining Retirement Podcast with your host, Christine Jensen of the Arvada branch of Fairway Independent Mortgage. Christine is a certified reverse mortgage planner, and we are here to change the way retirement is done and to take some of the mystery out of reverse mortgages while we do just that. Connect with us on Facebook at Reimagining Retirement or on Instagram at Christine Reverse. All right, here we go. Well, hello once again, and welcome back to Reimagining Retirement, the podcast. You know, it's time to face the misconceptions about reverse mortgages and expand options for folks as they approach their retirement years. We're going to deepen that conversation today by learning how we can help others increase their wealth, actually increase their wealth by incorporating all of their assets at their disposal, including leveraging their home equity by using a reverse mortgage as a financial planning tool. So I want to welcome our guest today and and thank him for coming. I should probably introduce myself. My name is Christine Jensen. I am a CRMP and a CSA. And my dear friend and colleague, George Verbin, is a fellow CRMP also a producing branch manager here at Fairway. George is in the Florida market. Welcome, George. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Christine. I'm looking forward to chatting with you here today. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. George, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into this, and you've got quite a bit of experience doing this. Yeah, I actually, uh, I've been, wow, I'm trying to see where where do I start? Uh, (laughs) I, I literally sold water purification systems door to door out of college. And it's basically where I learned all my, my sales background, basically right out of college and uh-huh. fortunate to be around people like, believe it or not, Og Mandino. More wow. I've met all these people, Tom Hopkins. I've, I actually have been around all these sales, successful salespeople uh, throughout the industry. And I did that for about seven years and that's where I met my wife. So I hired her at work. So this is, uh, that's another whole podcast, believe it or not, to how I actually uh, ended up marrying my wife. But um, the background or the sales experience that I had was seven years of doing that. And then I ended up going into the insurance field and I had my own insurance business basically for about uh, 10 years or so. And then from there, my, I had a buddy of mine that convinced me to get out of the insurance and somehow get into the mortgage field. Now, this is when things were, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I wanted to do a little change. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so I ended up going to the, to the mortgage industry and I started back in 2002. So I was, okay. I did forward loans. I did regular mortgages. I did all that kind of stuff. And then I said, you know, I don't see this stuff lasting long. I said, can I do something as a backup? And he, he's like, sure. What do you want to do? He says, I want to start my own property and casualty insurance agency within the company. And then, I'll, I'll just drive it organically and I'll build it from scratch. And he goes, okay. So I built a PNC agency while I was doing mortgages. I ended up making a long story short. Now the crash starts happening in 2007, yeah. 2007. And I ended up selling the PNC agency and I kind of focused more on a niche where I felt that helping seniors out to me was a very important passion of mine. So I started back in 2006 working with reverse mortgages and I got to understand exactly what I think I found was a, a business or an opportunity to help clients out and be and feel good about what I was doing. I really enjoyed doing the reverse yeah. mortgage. So I've been in the reverse mortgage space since 2006. And you mentioned your background in sales, but what I've come to know about you and really appreciate you is that for you, it's never been about 
selling a product. For you, it's always been about understanding the client's needs, understanding your product, and then helping people find solutions for the challenges that they're facing. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's interesting you say that. Everybody's different. But with the vast experience that I've had dealing with all these different clients, you know, I just gotten to a point where I feel like, okay, let's just talk it out. Let's just see what we can do to, you know, what are you concerned about? You know, what are you worried about as far as not achieving down the road? And is there a possibility that this tool, this product can possibly provide some solutions for you? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you're right. It's the key is trying to figure out, you know, what is it that's, that's causing them not to sleep at night, you know? So this ah. is... Make sure. Yeah. So this is, you know, some of the, and I'm very passionate trying to, once they, they share with me the concerns and it's, I'm all about, let's, let's provide a solution for you. Let's figure this out so we can help you out. Mm -hmm. And I've watched you work. It's really been such a treat to, to listen to how you work with clients and their families and financial planners and others. When, when you're helping them explore the reverse mortgage product as a solution to a challenge that they might be facing or offer a reverse mortgage as a tool in portfolio management that they didn't even realize perhaps was going to be something that would help them achieve a goal that they didn't have. And so you you mentioned something really key just a moment ago. It starts with really understanding um, what keeps them up at night. So walk us through, if you would, the maybe the questions that you ask or how you approach the conversation to really understand who your client is and what they need. And, and yeah, so yeah, most of my, most of my clients come from uh, financial planners, um, a lot of referral networking. People know that I'm in the business. I've been in it for so long. So they'll say, you know, go talk to the expert, right? So he knows about this stuff. But as soon as they come over to me, the big thing for me is um, I don't even talk about the product <laughs> in the first you know, five, 10 minutes of the conversation, I I'd literally just want to listen to them and find out. And I just ask them, you know, what is it that made you want to look into this particular product? Or was it because of the advice of a financial planner that asked you to look into this? Mm-hmm. And if so, what's your reaction to it? You're not going to hurt my feelings. I've been doing this 16 years, but I'm, I'm sure people have heard about all these misconceptions and myths. Mm-hmm. And I always like to educate people to make sure people understand, um, you know, about this particular product. But before I get into that, I just want to know more about what do you think about the product? Sure. What do you think about it? You know, uh, and then more importantly, uh, from the financial advisor, do you trust him mm-hmm. suggesting you to you to uh, at least investigate this? And, and they'll say yes. And I said, well, that's a good thing because you want to make sure that you make an educated decision yes. based on all the information you have. Right. Because unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they hear from from other people. It's hearsay. Right. They hear from other people. They go, God, I heard these stories and, you know, heard the government takes the house or I lose title to the house or something. They can take your house, period. Mm -hmm. Hear these stories, but they don't give themselves an opportunity just to investigate. Just get educated. Go go to somebody that's going to be that professional that can really, truly give you the, the pros and the cons, if there are any, to talk about these misconceptions. And then once you get all that information, if it makes sense, then move forward. And if it doesn't, no hard feelings, because at least you got all the information correctly Mm -hmm. to make a decision on. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really what I wanted to um, talk to you about, because you're so masterful at how you take people through 
this exploration conversation. Um, and I'd really like to hear how you work people through this conversation when in their mind, they're fearing a reverse mortgage, right? You and I have that happen so frequently where someone comes and says, I know I'm supposed to talk to you, but I don't think I should get a reverse mortgage because my aunt said I shouldn't or somebody else said I don't need it or, or whatever. But it, it sounds like your focus is really on understanding their needs. It is. One of my greatest compliments I get from social survey is when a client sits there and goes, they're scared to death about understanding about the product and how easy I made it feel for them to understand it and hold their hand through the process and then still feel good about what they did after the fact. So that, that whole sequence there of what you just talked about is probably about 70, 80% of the people out there, yeah. same way that you're just talking about, right? They have this fear, the fear of the unknown. Uh, it's one of the five things I talk about, you know, um, when I speak in front of groups is that people just don't understand it. So once I um, get through that stage, you know, they feel a lot more comfortable, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fear. The fear to me, the, the four letters stand for false evidence appearing real, right? So what that yeah. means is when you face your fears, the death of fear is certain. And all that simply means is how do you face it by getting educated? You have to get educated to understand, to overcome your fear. So again, I can't share that enough, but for me, I'll know if that person has that kind of fear, but that's where I put on the brakes. And we, again, I can't talk about strategies. I can't talk about any of the stuff that we're talking about. I have to first work with the client to make sure that they feel comfortable to understand about how the product works first. Mm -hmm. Can talk about all the strategies and how I can plug in and figure out how we can provide all these solutions. So the first step is really just making sure that they're comfortable with just listening and also understanding the concept. Mm -hmm. So if you have a very, very short period of time to explain to someone what is a reverse mortgage, and they're going to give you their undivided attention for three minutes, how do you describe it to people? Well, again, it's tough because the three minutes, most of the three minutes might still take me asking some questions, right? For me, it's not just going right into the product. Uh, for me, it's about, I'm still you know, what is your understanding about the product? Uh, what's your opinion about the product? And then we get a chance to share with you what I feel are the five most common things that people get concerned about. And I'll do those five things so I can hopefully put your mind at ease that this is something that can be uh, a solution for you down the road. So once I get through those particular steps, so those are the first couple of questions. And then I talk about the fear of losing the house. In other words, title. And then I don't know if you want me to go into it, but basically- Oh, you do. Okay. Well, you know, here's, so basically in a nutshell, the key is for me, again, is asking those couple questions, right? We want to, first of all, ask, you know, what's their opinion about the product and, and how do you feel about the product? And then, and they're going to say their concerns, right? So I tell them the legitimate concerns and I completely understand, but let me share with you the five most common that I run across. And let me see if those are one of the five you're thinking about as well. Okay, good. The first one that they're that I come up with is, you know, you hear about people talking about that the government takes the house or you lose title to the house. And that's not accurate. You know, so, you know, what is this called? This is actually called a heckum, right? So what the heckum is a heckum <laughs> or home equity conversion mortgage, right? It's nothing more than a home equity line. What people didn't even realize on this particular product is that you can actually make a payment on a home equity line with this particular product. People sure. didn't 
know that, right? So they, they thought they just take this money and they walk away and the government takes the house. And the, I don't know where that came from, but this is what, where people have uh, misunderstood. But again, to clarify, they have total control. Um, they're on title. If three months down the road, they want to sell their house, they can sell their house. There's no prepayment penalties. In other words, they have total flexibility, right? All we're doing is we're taking a traditional mortgage and switching it over to an optional payment plan to help people make it a little bit easier in their lifespan. And there's some key things I want to talk about later in the podcast about that particular subject matter. Um, So that's number one. Number two, people ask me, well, George, how does the concept work? Well, what we do is we take the percentage of the equity of the property based on two factors. Number one is the appraised value and, the, and then the age of the youngest borrowers. And this program is designed for people 62 and above. So we're going to take the age of the youngest borrower and we give that percentage of the equity in the property, right? Now, the question is, is that percentage enough to help? Because all we're doing is we're replacing, if you have an existing mortgage, we're going to replace that existing mortgage with this particular uh, product. And is it enough to go ahead and get rid of the other mortgage? And then number two, is there some extra money that we can live off of to maybe supplement our retirement income as well? For people that don't have a mortgage, I have strategies for people that don't have a mortgage, but it's another opportunity to get a percentage of your equity, your property to live off of or to use for retirement strategies. Okay. So they, they go, well, George, the, the reason I'm asking that question is I have two follow-up questions. And they, I said, I said, okay, well, what's the, what's the first question? Well, if I don't make a mortgage payment anymore on this product, does it interest grow on the loan? And I say, yeah, it does. And, and I said, well, doesn't that eat into the equity of the property? And I go, well, yeah, it does. But I said, you got to remember, there's two other factors that people don't even look at when they look at that. And what are they? Number one, they go, okay. I said, you got to remember one thing that's helping offset the interest that's growing on the loan over time. What is it? It's the appreciation of your house value. Your property, in the worst case scenario, is going to go up one to 2% a year. So that helps offset some of the interest that's growing on the loan. But what's number two? Number two is going to be, what are you gaining today because of you doing this particular product? What you're gaining today is cash flow, right? So you're giving up a little bit of your equity down the road to do what? To be supplement and have a comfortable retirement uh, style for yourself today. So you're gaining cash today. So these are the two things you've got to look at. You just can't look at, yeah, does the interest grow on the loan and eat into the equity? Yes, it does. But what are you getting in return for it? There's got to be a value behind it, right? We just right. don't want to do it just to do it. There's right. got to be a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three, people ask me, can the kids inherit the house? Absolutely. Again, it's any other loan. You just simply uh, physically pay off the reverse mortgage with the interest and the house, the kids get to keep the house. There's even opportunities if the, if, even if you lived in there 20, 30 years, if, if the house has been upside down mm-hmm. and uh, what I mean by that is where the loan is supersedes the value of the house. Now, this is important that people don't realize the percentage that people get today of the equity of the property is lesser today than it ever was than it ever was yeah. in the past. So yeah. there's a greater chance there's always going to be money left over, most likely in the event they pass away by the time they settle the estate. So I don't see that happen too often now today than like what it used to be. But mm-hmm. can the kids still want to keep the house? Absolutely. Um, because you can buy the house even if the loan is upside down at 98% of the appraised value at that point, where you can still take over the house if you really want to. But but let me show one amazing statistic that I've had in 16 years I've been doing this. Out of all the families done this, how many children really want their parents' house? I've had one. One? Okay. Okay. So do the kids want the house? No. You know what they want? Well, the equity, right? They want the cash. 
right. they less about the property. They, they, why is that? Because here's one dynamic that's changed mm-hmm. People no longer today. So you know what's happening? The parents are in their 80s and 90s. The kids are in their 50s and 60s. They already have a house. Right. They want the house. Right. They don't have the hassle of trying to sell the house. They just want the cash. So show, I show different ways how you can leave a legacy behind for your children. Mm-hmm. As people are working so hard because we've been trained these generations to do what? Let's pay off the mortgage. Let's have a mortgage burning party. Yep. And let's give the house to the kids. Mm-hmm. This is what we've been trained to, to do all our lives. And especially, I mean, our parents' generation, at least. But today, that's not the case. It's all these different dynamics that's changed. So this is the reason why today I show clients how to leave another kind of legacy behind for their children, but it won't be the house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the house as a way to help fund a legacy for their children in, in, in another uh, another direction. So can the kids inherit the house? Absolutely. Do most people? No. But um, I still want to make sure people understand they can inherit the house if they'd like to. You know, on okay. that point, before we leave that point, because I think it's really important for people to understand. So often when I meet with a client, over half the time, the client that I'm meeting with still has a mortgage on the the house that they currently live in, right? And I'll bet you run into that quite a bit as well. So they they come and they meet with me and they say, yeah, I still have a little bit of of a balance left on the mortgage. Met with somebody the other day, they have 86,000 left on the mortgage. And I say, okay, if something tragic happens to you today, what's the plan if tragedy strikes today? Okay. Are your, is your family going to inherit your house if something tragic happens to you today? And they say, yes, my family's going to inherit the house. So I said, okay, today you have an $86,000 mortgage on maybe the $400,000 house, right? So if your family inherits that, what is the current plan? Is your, is your family planning to move into the house? Is your family planning to, and they say, you know, honestly, no, my family's probably going to sell the home because you're absolutely right. They're 40, 50 years old or so, and they already have a house of their own. And I take, okay, so when they sell, when they inherit the house, then their plan is to sell the house, but then they're going to use the proceeds to pay off the $86,000 mortgage, right? So they have the other $314,000 um, that's going to be left over, and that's what they're going to inherit, right? And often I get agreement, yep, that's the plan, that's what's going to happen. So then I show them the reverse mortgage, how the exact same concept happens. It's no different with a reverse mortgage. Is that what you experience with your clients? No, I think that what your analogies, your analogies are going to paint the pictures for these clients. And that was a perfect one to share with them. Um, so that was well said and well done because uh, you're, you're dead on. Um, you know, it, it's no different than any other mortgage scenario. The question is, how are you going to handle either one? Right. Whether it's a regular mortgage or a reverse mortgage, doesn't matter yeah. what game plan. Do you want to keep the house? Do you want to sell the house? Mm-hmm. So that was a good that was a good analogy. Good. Sorry, I interrupted you there. You were. No, that was good. No, but that's no. But I, I want to go back and forth. So I think this is good. <laughs> good, good, good. So you're meeting with a senior. You're having a great conversation with them. And they're kind of scratching their head and thinking, you know what, maybe this will work. Maybe this will be able to give me some of the solutions that I'm looking for. Because so often we find that it is all about cash flow and retirement. So we have the conversation with them. We give them the, the booklet, the paperwork. 
We set up our next meeting with them. In the meantime, they're going to go get counseling and they're going to go talk to their family. So have you ever had it happen where they come back for their second conversation with you and they say, you know what? I was talking to my family and my family said that they don't think it's a very good idea that I do this. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, probably about 70% of the time. <laughs> I think that's the case. Um, so walk us through that conversation, the second conversation after they come back and they say, yeah, my family said I probably shouldn't do this. So I don't think I'm going well, to. Well, you know, that's important. That's a very important point. So how do I, how do I deal with that before it even comes up is really the question. Good. Okay. So in other words, I kind of, my goal is to prevent that from happening in the first session or from the second session, because okay. the first session I asked them, are there any other people that help you make your financial decisions that are involved with any process? Is it, is it your kids involved? Do you, are your kids close by? Do you have children? Hopefully you've asked these questions where you found out that they do have children or they don't have children or, or maybe a sister or it's a friend that's involved uh, with their financial decision-making process. But I find that out in the very first presentation. And then my key, then the key question I ask them is, do you make your own decisions as far as your own finance, uh, your own finances, or do, the, do other people in your family make the decisions for you? They take it kind of, you know, like, wait a minute. Yeah, well, I know I make my own financial decisions. I say, well, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because what I'm doing today for you is educating you on something that's very, very important. People tend to give advice. It doesn't matter who, if it's friends, financial advisor, whoever it might be, they tend to give a lot of free advice. The advice is exactly what it's worth, right? Nothing until they find out about the information. So I tell people, do we want to get them involved in the process? Would you like them to have sit in on the second presentation or the second part of the, when I get a chance to, to revisit with you on the second part of the process, would you like me to get people involved? And they're sitting there going, yeah, actually I would. My son is very involved in the process. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's good that we're going through this. So, so I can help you make you feel comfortable with me that I'm um, what I'm talking about. But I think it's very important that I want your children involved. I, I help my clients still call me 16 years later because the retirement strategies continue and things happen. But I want to make sure the kids know what to do in the event something does happen. So I have a whole setup for people after they pass away to help their families out. So I want the children involved. Mm-hmm. Avoid it. I want them involved. So the more, the merrier. If I can get five people and I've done this, I have a financial advisor. I had six families around the United States on a Zoom call. Wow. Yeah. So financial planner, six, six different people, and they're all firing away. But by the time I got down to the end, they're like, wow, I just didn't know you can do all this stuff with, with the reverse mortgage. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that. So I want to educate as many people as I can. So if they have more people involved in the decision-making process, my goal is to prevent from that from happening because they will get a lot. I tell, and I even prepare them. Look, mm-hmm. you're a lot of it free advice from other people that probably don't understand how this product is. They heard it from somewhere else and they're going to pass that information on to you. And this is not, you know, this is, they're just looking out for you and that's mm-hmm. understandable, but they still don't understand exactly how this works. So it's in their best interest too, before they make that uh, or give that advice to at least get educated. So bring them on. I'll have me mm-hmm. more talk to them. So excellent. Excellent. Because it really is critical that they base their decisions on sound information rather than emotional feelings that can be all about incorrect information. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's the critical piece. But I'm not afraid to, I want as many people on that call as I can, even on the initial call. Um, 
so I can educate everybody all at once at the same time. And, and again, this just happened to me on my very last application. Mm-hmm. I had a financial advisor that, or, that, uh, or actually it was a, a mortgage broker. And okay. so let me just share this success story real quick. That, yeah. was, that was on, that was on the call on Monday. Okay. Yeah. A mortgage broker gave me a Medicaid attorney. Medicaid attorney had a client that was looking into reverse. He used to deal with other reverse people. And my my friend who was a mortgage broker said, no, you need to talk to George. So he went ahead and said, okay. So I called him and he, mm-hmm. you know, with the Medicaid, with the, with the percentage of the equity of the property and the value of the house, I'm not sure they're going to be able. I said, Ed, I said, with all due respect, I agree with you hundred percent, but let me share with you a couple of concepts about how this how this can strategize with your Medicaid planning. Yeah. Gave him some snippets of what we can do. And he goes, oh, okay, we'll go ahead and give her a call right now. She's waiting for you. Wow. And then I ended up talking to her and you can see she respected the financial advisor or the attorney Mm -hmm. recommendation, but at the same time too, she was very nervous about the whole process. Her husband's in a nursing home. This is why I'm so passionate about long-term care and taking care of seniors, but her husband was in a long-term care facility. She had a 600 grand house free and clear. Wow. So she was, and she, she repeated what I told her by the end. She goes, George, you're so dead on. I'm asset rich and cash poor. He says, that's we're in the position I'm in right now. She goes, yeah, it was, it was really neat to see that. So when I got done, I, I talked to her a little bit on the phone and I still felt not comfortable enough to keep going ahead. I want to keep reiterating and making sure she was comfortable because I felt like over the phone, she didn't know how to do technology. She didn't mm-hmm. zoom. She, she could, she was struggling trying to do zoom. So this is where I called my son. My son happened to live in, in on the West coast of Florida, 10 minutes from this lady's house. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, I got her permission. Uh-huh. I, my son, who's my 22 year old to come into the house. Aww. He helped set up her computer. He brought <laughs> his computer in the meanwhile. I sent my Zoom link to him. Mm-hmm. I was able to see him, see her. Guess what she did at the same time? She brought her in-laws nice. from Maryland to do what? To listen to the information, uh-huh. see if she was doing the right thing. He was trying to bring more people and make sure she was not by herself on this decision-making process. So, and you can see my son helped set up the whole thing. He was so good about the whole thing, being patient, listening to dad do the presentation. He, I don't think he's ever heard me do a presentation from start to finish. Uh That's what ended up happening when I was done. They loved my son so much. My son ended up helping fix their computer. So they Zoom links in the future. Um, And then the Maryland couple, actually reached out to me and said, George, I understand exactly what you're talking about now. I'm dealing with the same scenario with, I did have the same scenario happen with my mom. Uh-huh. So we're going to talk more to, to her in-laws in Maryland after we got done, but she was so comfortable that she even called me on a Sunday the day after. And she's uh-huh. like, George, I hope you don't mind me calling. I said, absolutely not. So we were going through some more questions and then she was helping get the documents together. And we were trying to come up with a strategy of how to, with the Medicaid planning uh-huh. about their situation with the uh, husband being in a nursing care, but you can see there's already a lot of weight on their, on their, on their heads to where not only do you have to make an important financial decision, sure. but they take care of an ill, uh, ill spouse yeah. in the nursing home. That's not easy. I I've been through it. Uh, it's not an easy feat and I can see the pain in her voice. I can hear the pain in their voice too. Yeah to where she just need reassurance and somebody to hold her hand. 
you know, through the process. So that's what ended up happening. We're doing the application um, this week. And, and um, but my son was a big part of it. So, <laughs> so a lot so. to the bourbon family. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, what, what a great story to kind of tie together everything that we've been talking about today. Um, and I think what I'm hearing is how important it is to make sure that we really understand what our clients' needs are. So for all of our listeners, I really want to encourage you to open up to us and, and share with us what's on your heart and what's on your mind. Because the more that we know about you, then the better we can understand how to serve you. And that's really our goal. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you find solutions and explore opportunities that maybe you didn't know were available to you um, in finding solutions and, and living the, the kind of retirement that you really hoped you could live. So George, thank you for your generosity with your, your information and your stories. Um, it's really been such a treat. I would like to take a few minutes now as we kind of bring, uh, kind of bring our conversation to a close and give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more as, as a person. So I have a couple of questions that I ask all of our guests and I'm gonna ask you as well. And the first question that I'm gonna ask you, George, is if you could have coffee with anyone at all, living or dead, who would that be and why? Well, I mean, it would be my dad. He passed away about Aww. four years ago. So to have coffee with him and, and get a chance to see his smiling face would be somebody I would treasure again. Mm -hmm. Sounds like your dad was somebody very important in your life. Yeah, he was. He's uh, He was my hero. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Next. And it's, um, always a, that's a, and it's always an emotional part. Every time I think about him or bring it up, it always hits me. So, sure. yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate. Um, I had a pretty special dad as well. Um, so I'm glad that you had that relationship. George, tell us the title of a book on your nightstand, maybe something that you've purchased and been meaning to read or something that you've already started into. Well, there's two, two different ones. Uh, number one, thank goodness for my wife, because we're, we're going through uh, a different part of the, of the um, it's called 44 day consecration. It's basically a faith-based and wow. that's something that her you know, very passionate about, but she's, she keeps me on track with all the distractions in my life. So um, we try to focus on uh, starting the day the right way with our faith. And uh, we feel that's very important. Uh, it's a very integral part of our, of our life. Uh, and the other book would be probably Traction, you know, finishing up Traction. It's a, it's a book that I started reading and um, by Gina Wickman. So I want to get a chance to finish that one here eventually. Tell us about Traction. Well, Traction is just basically uh, a book to about talks about how to get a grip on your business. Ah, okay. Um, you know, keeping track. It's just more about how to create a plan. It's a vision type um, because things can get out of hand and, you know, you're all over the place and it just helps you try to get more focused on um, zeroing in on exactly what you want to get accomplished and how many more, how many more clients can you help out uh, okay. more effectively. So, but yeah, that's the book. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And then for our final question, tell us the name of one of the founding Americans that you have a crush on. Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the, I, I, the, the, this is the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. Founding. Mm -hmm. I look at it as who did I find? Okay. And the American, I would have to say my wife. That's who I had a crush on. So to Aww. me, it's not 
our founding, you know, yeah, you know, the founding of founding fathers, yeah, you know, George Washington, John Adams, I can go on there, but as far as all the different founding fathers, but um, and have to be, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be completely off the cuff here and just say, right. I found, I found this American. Her name is Michelle. So we're going on 29 years, and um, I've been blessed to have her in my life. So. Well, happy almost anniversary. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. I want to thank our audience and thank our very special guest, George Verbin. By the way, before we conclude, I have to give my friend George some kudos because George has been our top producer here at Fairway for, for the last several years. And what I really appreciate is not only is George producing more volume than any of the rest of us, but I think more importantly, George is having a bigger impact than any of the rest of us. And I know for you, it's not so much about the numbers. It's about the reach that you have. So I want to thank you for setting that bar high for the rest of us, George. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, that's, uh, I'm excited to see how everybody is really, they are uh, helping out a lot of clients. And I, I look at yourself. I mean, your whole branch. I'm, Christine, you're like, look at you. You should be on TV doing <laughs> you're such a natural at this stuff. And, and I listened to your last podcast. I think it's awesome what you're doing and how to get the word out there. So you're making an impact, whether you realize it or not, with the way you're, you're um, putting that information out there, trying to uh, get the word out. And again, keep keeping what you're doing, because um, like I said, it starts with one and then we, you know, it moves on to the next person. But our goal is here at Fairway is to obviously change the way retirement is done today in, in America. And I really believe with our sales for our, the people we have in our, in our company, we can make a real big difference. So. Absolutely. Thank well, you for those kind of words, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's it for reimagining retirement today. The podcast, we're looking forward to bringing you our next episode soon and stay tuned because I think there might be a good chance that we can get our friend George Verbin back to talk to us about long-term care strategies as well. Thanks for oh, that'd be here. fun. That'd be a good one. Great. Thanks for being with us today, everyone. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time. The information in this podcast contains personal opinions and may not entirely represent those of Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2289. Fairway does not guarantee any services, information, and or advice provided by the individuals. Fairway is not affiliated with any government agencies. The youngest borrower must be at least 62 years old. This is not an offer to enter into an agreement. Not all customers will qualify. Information, rates, and programs are subject to change without notice. All products are subject to credit and property approval. Other restrictions and limitations may apply. Equal housing opportunity. Guest George Verbin, NMLS number 228734. Host, Christine Jensen, NMLS number 244648. Arizona license number BK-09041162. Loans made or arranged pursuant to California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DBO-78367. Licensed Nevada Mortgage Lender.